this is Jenny Brown. Welcome to my podcast, Growing Up Through the Life Cycle, where each session looks at a different stage of life and the opportunities it presents for maturing self in relationship. Facing death, that inevitable end of life, it's a big topic, not one that us humans particularly like to talk about. And indeed, Dr. Murray Bowen wrote about death as the chief taboo amongst subjects for us humans, saying that a high percentage of people will die alone, locked into their own thoughts, which they cannot communicate to others. It's a very somber and a very sad quote, but indeed a poignant and true reflection of how us humans deal with death in the family. It's such a big topic. I could tackle it from many angles. I could tackle it in thinking about life meaning and spirituality around death and faith and death, topics that are very important to me personally. But what I'm doing in wrapping up, coming towards the end of the Family Life Cycle podcast and growing up through the Family Life Cycle, I'm going to focus very much today on communicating with family members around somebody's death, an important family member's death. Of course, every member of a family is important, but as a family member is facing death, it really focuses the family on the meaning of that person for relationships and what kind of adjustments are ahead with that important person no longer being around, the finality and the loss and the grief of death. In my own life, I've written about it in my book, Growing Yourself Up, I faced with my family the loss of a mother prematurely dying in her early 50s of breast cancer. And certainly when I look back on that period of our family's life, I see two things that really stand out. One is we as a family system closed up our communication as a way of responding to all of the fear and anxiety about my mother's impending death. There was an avoidance of the topic. It was scary, it was difficult. And sadly, my mother did very much die in isolation and alone because we didn't talk with her and she didn't talk with us about the death that was ahead. She did have a deep faith um, and knew, had a confidence that death for her was not the end. However, our family system just did not have a way of talking openly about fear and hope and loss and separation and, and the logistics of dealing with the medical system and final decisions around end-of-life care. We were just lost as a family at the time. Five of us barely out of adolescence and some still in um, childhood adolescent stage. It was a really tough time. 
our father had very much in um, the pattern of his marriage with my mum done um, an over-under-functioning seesaw around relationship and family matters. My mother had very much driven the way that our relationship system functioned and how we organised ourselves as a family. So um, there was a real shockwave impact of her family leadership wilting away as she became more and more unwell as cancer took hold and my father being at quite a loss as to how to lead the family through this difficult time. That was many, many years ago. In fact, it's 39 years last month since my mother died. And I've had a lot of time over those years to think about dealing with death in a healthier way. When I developed my own breast cancer diagnosis nine years ago, I certainly thought a lot about the potential of death. Cancer is a real wake-up call. I have had a very good recovery from my early stage contained cancer, but facing the prospect of a cancer, a po- cancer possibly like my mother's, was a wake-up call and had me thinking on many levels about how I would want to manage myself if I were dying at this point in my key relationships. How would I want to do things differently to the way my family of origin closed up when we faced death? And the key thing that is really useful from Bowen's family systems theory is the idea of an open system of relationship compared to a closed system of relationship. And I have been determined to work in all of life challenges at playing my part to open up the system of relationships, to be more person to person, to be more open in communicating my feelings, my fears, my thoughts, my beliefs, and being really interested to hear other people's ideas and thoughts and feelings about their life and where it's going. And that this effort to be more open in important relationships is indeed preparing my own family system to be able to deal with the challenges of a dying family member. This past year, 2019, has been a season of preparing for the death of my dear mother-in-law. And during that period of her death to cancer, I have kept in mind the lessons learned from my own family systems dealing with the death of my own mother all those years ago and really wanted to play a part in opening up the potential for a system to close down in facing the anxiety of death. So let me just turn for a moment to this idea of the open relationship system compared to a closed system. And Dr. Bowen talks about this in his own article, A Family Reaction to Death. 
He says that an open relationship system is one in which an individual is free to communicate a high percentage of inner thoughts, feelings and fantasies to another who can reciprocate. And no one ever has a completely open relationship with, a, with another, but it is, as Bowen writes, a healthy state when a person can have relationships with a reasonable degree of openness and being person to person, being mutually open. And then the opposite of that down the other end of the scale is a closed system. And a closed system is when communication is just shuts down as an automatic emotional reflex. This is quoting Bowen again, this reflex to protect self from the anxiety in the other person. Though most people say that they avoid the taboo subjects to keep from upsetting the other person. But indeed, what is happening is we're protecting ourselves from the discomfort of another person's anxiety and our fear of their reactions. And systems can so easily close up around the anxiety of a family member's death. So let me share with you just a few of the things I've been mindful of as I'm working to be present and accounted for as a daughter-in-law, a member of a family system, as my mother-in-law has been dying a few months ago from her cancer. One thing that I've worked at is keeping communication direct and open, asking lots of questions. When there's inevitable anxiety and tension in a system, I know that it's really easy for people to mind read, to have assumptions, sometimes not even consciously. And I'm really good at that. I'm such a mind reader when I'm anxious. I guess what I think people are thinking and feeling, and that contributes to closed systems. So around the time of death in my family system over the past months, I've really worked at asking questions, never assuming, particularly asking my husband questions about how he's thinking and feeling about his own mother's impending death, asking my father-in-law and my mother-in-law just how they're experiencing the challenges of her ill health, what their ideas are for how to deal with it and doing my best not to overfunction for others by being the therapist in the family. I have to really watch that. Just being my own self in being genuinely interested in what other people are thinking and feeling. The other thing that I've consciously worked on is not participating in the inevitable triangling process when a system is anxious and relationship communication closes up around the people that we're most anxious about. So it means that triangles will be activated, old triangles will rise to the surface and people will be avoided. There'll be a lot of talking about people, not talking 
with people, particularly the person who's dying. A lot of behind the scenes talking about them and also members of the family who people are anxious about, anxious that they might react poorly and add to the stress in the family. They're likely to be avoided and be talked about rather than talked directly with. And this is why so many families have fallings out after the death of a, of a family member, because there are insiders and outsiders in the pattern of triangles and side take, taking occurs. Insiders complain about the family member who doesn't seem to be pulling their weight or isn't reacting helpfully and inevitably upsets will occur with unwilling outsiders in the relationship pattern accusing insiders of leaving them out, not respecting their position. And everyone's a participant in these triangles. So I've really worked in my little part in the system about trans, uh, about just bringing transparency to communication. If there's an issue that's being talked about in regards to decision-making, about palliative care, about where, to um, get medical attention from, that all of that happens openly, that phone calls don't happen behind anyone's back, that phones get put on speakerphone and all the relevant people get to hear the conversations and that regular email and phone contact keeps everyone in the family in the loop, not letting worry about how different family members might respond, prevent communication from being open. Now, another piece that I've worked on over this period of time is watching out for the carer role. When somebody is dying in a family, it's an invitation for certain family members to step into a caring role. And this can be really helpful in a family, but the carer role can also be a form of overfunctioning. And I put my hand up to this. I can feel more secure, steady, and important and special when I'm in an insider caring role in a family. So I have consciously stepped out of being in the middle of the carer role, particularly as an in-law rather than a direct child of my mother-in-law, allowing the three members of the family to and the spouse, my father-in-law, to have a central position in the caring role and for it to be shared around rather than one person step into doing most of the caretaking. This can also, this over caretaking role from one member of a family can create a lot of friction in families where certain family members who are not stepping up to help who are not given the space to do that can be criticized as being irresponsible. And the over-carer can easily be criticized as being controlling and bossy. 
So to prevent that happening, an open system of talking about all the different roles that can be occupied as helpful at around, around a person's dying stages, that these can be shared around. Certainly the death of a family member, as hard as it is, as painful as it is, it does present an opportunity for very meaningful times in the family system and with the dying person and with other family members to be able to grieve together, listen together, support each other in a system that can open itself up. And another key principle that I've kept in mind during this season of loss in my family system is to keep the dying person and their most significant other, their spouse in this case, at the center of all the decision making and to really respect their own wishes for what they want to talk about, what they don't want to talk about, where they want to be, how they want to be cared for, and indeed their own thoughts about how they want to die and who they want to be involved in funeral arrangements, what kind of a funeral they want, and that all of this can be considered well before the actual death of a person. Now, I appreciate that every death in a family is different and the hardest of deaths are the sudden ones that people have no preparation for. However, in thinking about bringing our best to our families throughout the whole life cycle, the more that we can begin to have a person-to-person -person open relationship with each key member of our family system, the easier it will be to deal with relationships during the painful time of facing death. As I look back on this past season of death in my family system, in spite of it being a very, very sad time, there being such a loss of a mother-in-law for me, a mother for my husband and his siblings, a spouse of over 60 years to my father-in-law, a beloved grandmother to my children, a great-grandmother to grandchildren. Through the grief and the loss, I also see the benefits of a family system where there is an effort towards openness, so different to the loss of my mother all those years ago. And the lessons learned, just to summarize, the value of talking to people, not about people, to not fuel the triangles, not leaving people out of communication, to open up as much as possible all the information about what's going on. For the older person or the dying person, they can especially provide a gift to their family members by talking one-on-one -on -one about their experience of deteriorating health the memories that are coming back for them, their thoughts about 
their last days and how they want to do it and communicating this directly to family members can be a real gift. It's also very useful to see the broad system and how it has shaped every family member in different ways. So to take care not to judge family members for their different reactions at a time of heightened anxiety. There are some members of the family who have been shaped by the patterns of relationship to run away when things get tough, to avoid and to distant. And it's important to see that that is an expression of the whole system, just as other family members are more likely in times of stress to ramp up their caretaking and controlling. And it's important not to judge them as being difficult and bossy, but to see that all of us have played our part in shaping our different reactions. And one member of a family system working on not being a blamer, but being a calm person, as calm as possible, present at the difficult times, tolerating the stress around, being open, compassionate, interested in others, communicating ourselves to others, listening well to others. What a gift we can bring to our families at a most poignant time in facing the loss of a loved one. Thank you.